0: Warmari good morning. Welcome to Brumped where we look at contentious issues that affect our Christian world. The Bible says to Christians, not only in South Africa but worldwide, speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. Speak up and judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and the needy, according to Proverbs 31 and verse 8 and 9. The Bible further states, Deliver those who are drawn towards death and hold back those stumbling to the slaughter. If you say, Surely we did not know this, does not he who weighs the heart consider it? He who keeps your soul, does he not know it? And will he not render to each man according to... His deeds. Well, that's what Proverbs 24, 10 to 12 says. Well, the 1st of February 2021 marks the 24th anniversary of legislation of abortion on demand in South Africa. Every year, more pre-born babies are lost to abortion than the combined death toll of crime and car accidents. Since the 1st of February 1997, over 1.7 million babies have been aborted in South Africa and mostly with taxpayers' money. Now, every year on the anniversary of this legislation, the organization Africa Christian Action organizes a March for Life to Parliament – normally followed by a prayer vigil and a repentance service outside the gates of Parliament. However, this year the authorities refused them permission to march to Parliament or to have any other protest gathering under Level 3 lockdown restrictions. So, inspired by scriptures, Proverbs one twenty twenty two, that says, Wisdom calls aloud, she raises her voice in the open squares, she cries out in the chief concourse, at the openings of the gate of the city, she speaks her words. They then implemented Plan B and mobilized eight teams to make a stand for life at busy traffic intersections throughout the Cape Peninsula. That was on Monday, the 1st of February. Now, according to the organization's a spokesperson, the teams reported receiving overwhelming positive feedback from the people driving past. Most were happy to take the pro-life and evangelistic literature that they were offering. Thousands of pro-life leaflets Abortion, the facts considering abortion, and World Missionary Press's gospel booklets were distributed at these Stand for Life outreaches. Some of the banners and placards declared, and I quote, Warning, abortion will kill your child and cause you emotional harm. 1.7 million babies aborted in South Africa since 1997. Another placard that says, now choose life so that you and your children may live, according to the scriptures. And so the placards goes on and on. Abortion is a national sin. God will not bless a nation that destroys its children, and so on and so forth. Well, don't go away as we had. Bruntman spoke to the organization Africa Christian Action about their protest and the how, where, and when stance that they were taking against abortion in spite of the worldwide COVID 19 pandemic. Please note that the uh, opinion stated by the respondents in this interview is not necessarily that of Radio Puppet or the announcer on duty, but put there for you, our listener, to make an informed decision about the topic of discussion. We'll be back with our respondents right after this. Dr. Peter Hammond, I've got him online from African Christian Action. I've got him online. Peter, just in a nutshell, for those of our listeners who haven't met you, just in a short background bio of who you are and where you're from, please.
1: Thank you. I am a missionary for over 38 years to persecute Christians working in restricted access areas across Africa. And 30 years ago, February 1991, we launched Africa Christian Action as a pro-life, pro-family moral group, particularly working to deal with the moral challenges in our society to be salt like because I was deeply concerned as a missionary every time I came back over the border after several months across in Mozambique and Gola all the way up to Sudan, I'd see the moral situation in a country had deteriorated. and Concern for the missionary city-based South Africa led us to launch this pro-life initiative Africa Christian Action. So
0: your mission and your vision for Africa Christian Action is what exactly?
1: To stand for the right to life of pre-born babies, to stand for marriage. It's a battle for the faithful, for families, uh, for the future. Uh, if you put it those lines, that the primary concerns are the right to life of pre-born babies, to protect families from anti-family in- influences, to stand up for Christian center. We are inspired by the verse in the Bible that uh, says... I looked for a man who would stand before me in the gap and intercede on behalf of the land, build up the wall. And so uh, we are seeking to stand the gap and intercede on behalf of the land and and in order to rebuild moral walls and uh, standards uh, against these things that are, are threatening not only our faith and our morals, but the lives of
0: the next generation. Well, Proverbs 31, 8 and 9, you are famous for quoting that, is speaking up for those who cannot speak for themselves, speak up and judge fairly. Peter, can I ask you, as an organization, Africa Christian Action, are you the only organization protesting against the legalization of abortion in South Africa, or are you backed by other organizations in South Africa and from abroad as well?
1: Oh, no, definitely. There are many groups all all over South Africa. uh, We've, in fact, got a National Alliance for Life, which is a loose affiliation of groups that include Doctors uh, for Life, Biblical Christian Network, and many others, including Unward Mother's Homes, uh, Crisis Pregnancy Centres, different churches. So the pro-life movement in our country is, is quite broad and wide, and, of course, internationally there are many. But what makes African Christian Action fairly unique is perhaps that We in South Africa had a pro-life movement up and running before abortion was legalized in most countries. The pro-life movement only started after legalization of abortion, sometimes years later. Uh, In our country, our pro-life movement was up and running before the government legalized, so they can't say they didn't know when life began and the milestones of life.
0: You're very outspoken about what you stand for and what you believe. Do you speak on behalf of Christians? Do you speak on behalf of churches in general, or is it on the instruction of God's Word?
1: Well, definitely on the instruction of God's Word, but, uh, but we've got... Uh, membership based is affiliates and uh, the Christian Action Network has well over 7,000 congregations representing uh, something in the region of 7 million. Christians across many countries in Africa, in in the Christian action network, who are pro-life, pro-family, moral, and and hold these principles. So the mandate comes primarily from the Scriptures to be salt and to be light and to stand the gap, and who will rise up to me against the wicked, who will make a stand for me against the workers of iniquity, have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. So uh, we we are seeking to be true to the cultural mandate in the creation mandate in the Scriptures and the Great Commission, making disciples, teaching obedience to all that the Lord has commanded. That's our mandate. It's from the scriptures, but we do it in fellowship with and in network with other pro-life congregations, groups, communities. And uh, I think the pro-life movement in our our country is strong.
0: Which brings me to the worldwide COVID-19 pandemic. Tell us about the stance you took against the abortion legislation, the 24th anniversary under lockdown, three restrictions that recently took place in Cape Town.
1: Yes. You know, uh, it's, it's a disturbing fact that uh, every single year, vastly more South Africans die of abortion than from car accidents and homicides and COVID-19 combined. And so to think that we have anything from 80,000 to up to 110,000, South African babies die of abortion every year. One of the 1.7 million since abortion was legalized on the 1st of February 1997. So, on the anniversary of the legalization of abortion in South Africa, 1 February, every year we organize a march for life to yeah. Parliament uh, with the privilege. But this year that was forbidden because of lockdown regulations, level three restrictions. We were told no way can we march, uh, nothing like that. Well, we then went to plan B because by definition of the law, a demonstration is over 15 people. So if you've got 15 people or less, it's legally not a demonstration. So what we did was we organized multiple groups, in fact, eight teams, uh, all under 15 people per venue, to stand with pro-life banners and placards at traffic intersections, at busy traffic lights, and distributed thousands of evangelistic pro-life literature to passing motorists and pedestrians. So we were scattered everywhere from breaking truck street entrance to the waterfront near the National Conference Center at Klipfontein Road on Rondebush Common, at Leesbick Parkway and Rondebush Common, at Rondebush Fountain, at the Cape Gate, northern subs, at Tableview and Durbanville. So eight teams made a stand. And what inspired us is Proverbs 1 verse 20 says, Wisdom calls aloud outside. She raises her voice in the open squares. She cries out in the chief concourses. At the openings of the gates in the city she speaks towards. And so in the book of Proverbs we told that wisdom should make a stand. As we read many of the prophets of God, Ezekiel, Jeremiah, they would go into the marketplace and make their stand. So we see it as important to we couldn't march for life but at least we made a stand for life.
0: So the first time in your existence that you couldn't march, quite understandably, under COVID-19 lockdown level three restrictions. Peter, what were you hoping to achieve with these protests? Or is it just to create awareness?
1: Well, it is to create awareness. We want to encourage pro-life medical personnel, doctors, nurses, pharmacists, to not compromise the healing Profession, let them know they're not alone. And uh, because we know that there are pro life doctors who've been intimidated and who've been even prosecuted and prevented from, from uh, uh, carrying out their medical practice, uh, such as Dr. DeFoss, very unjustly because of their pro life stand. Yeah. And uh, so we want to encourage pro life doctors. We want to let mothers going through a crisis pregnancy know they're not alone, they're not forgotten. Adoption is a loving option. There are crisis pregnancies, there are people who care. And we want to also stand as a witness against those who have. Uh, been accessories to murder, uh, because life begins at conception, abortion is murder. And so there is this prophetic side where we're told in, in Deuteronomy 20 that if innocent life is, is uh, taken and innocent blood is shed, that the elders of the city should come to the gates of the city and declare that they had no hand in this. And so, in a sense, there is a curse that comes over land when innocent blood is shed. And if we're not able to bring the guilty to justice, then... We should at least associate ourselves with it and make a stand at the gates of or and for intersections that not everyone agrees with us and our elected leaders don't have our mandate when it comes to night. I think it's also inspired by what um, Abraham did in interceding for Sodom and Gomorrah, if 10 righteous people could be found in the city, the Lord said he would withhold his judgment. Yeah. And I don't know what the population was there and what the percentage was, but certainly there needs to be at least a remnant to stand up and to repent on behalf of the community for the sin of abortion. And I think it is healthy and right that we have a National Day of Repentance on the anniversary of the legalization of abortion in our
0: country. Well, usually you would have the march to Parliament, then followed by prayer, Virgil, and then a repentance service. Have you had any response from government since '97? You've been doing this annually, faithfully, been on your post. Have you had any response from government side about your stance against this piece of legislation since it was legalized?
1: In a sense, yes, in that we have been invited on occasion to Parliament to give submissions when they're dealing with different legislation. We have had members of the opposition, uh, uh, Cheryl Dudley being one of the more uh, uh, regular and uh, Steve Scott uh, getting information from us and making stands uh, and uh, presenting private members' bills against abortion in Parliament. So we praise God for those who are pro-life in Parliament to be making a stand on this issue, but from government itself, aside from the fact that they have invited submissions from us on different points and allowed us to come and give testimony before the different subcommittees, um, we haven't had positive response from government, but at least some of them are listening, and they are uh, you can see that we've been succeeding to a large extent, because last year the United Nations started a campaign to try and criminalize conscientious objectives. And they uh, published a, a really scurrilous piece where they said that the problem in South Africa is although the termination of pregnancy act is legal and abortion on demand is legal in South Africa, most hospitals and many provinces and districts in South Africa have no trained, willing medical professionals to do the abortions. And so they were complaining on the fact that while abortion is legal in South Africa, most medical personnel are pro-life and not willing to be involved in it. And so they were advocating the need to criminalize conscientious objection amongst medical people. I think that shows that we've had at least success amongst the medical personnel that the vast majority of medical people in South Africa want
0: nothing to do with abortion. Now, Peter, back to Monday, the 1st of February, which was the 24th anniversary of uh, abortion legalization in uh, South Africa. What sort of a response did you get from the public and the motorists out on the street corners?
1: overwhelmingly positive, actually. Most are very happy to take the pro-life literature and evangelist literature we we're offering, you know, wound down the windows and accepted. Some people giving a thumbs up, quite a few hooting their horns, uh, so very positively uh, and uh, uh, waving their arms out their windows with thumbs up and, you know, encouraging us. Uh, we had very, very little negative. I would say I think we had three people shouting pro-choice to us yeah. uh, and uh, uh, but um, of the thousands of people who received the literature, there was uh, overwhelming And taxi ranks, the, we walked around some shopping centers, uh, we had people in taxis and buses uh, leaning out the windows uh, wanting us to stretch up and, and give them some. Uh, you could see what we stood for because we had banners and posters of each traffic light uh, giving uh, comments like, choose life so that you and your children may live, and babies' lives matter, and compassion is always an option and abortion stops a beating heart and adoption is a loving option. So uh, we were making a stand with a few well-placed banners and the leaflets being distributed. I think we might have reached more people with these eight stands for life than we might have if we did the March for Parliament that we planned.
0: Did the protest only take place in Cape Town or in any of the other provinces in South Africa as well?
1: I'm sure there would be others that have taken initiative and i um, like to hear from others. I know that there were initiatives being planned in both Pretoria and Durban, but I haven't heard any feedback afterwards. So we certainly hope and pray so. I'm looking forward to hearing from anybody else who took such initiatives around the country because inevitably there's quite a few others who do.
0: Do you have representatives here in Gauteng, in in the Free State, the Northern Cape, KwaZulu-Natal?
1: We've got affiliates. All right. um, Biblical Christian Network in Pretoria, uh, the uh, SA Cares for Life, and uh, Doctors for Life, National Alliance for Life, uh, down especially in Durban area. And they always uh, do some uh, important pro-life activities. And I think coming up on the Human Rights uh, Day, also 21st of March, you'd expect that as well. So it just, unfortunately, I haven't seen reportbacks from the others yet. All we know about directly is the 18s across the Cape Peninsula, which which were all
0: positive. Speaking to Dr. Peter Hammond from Africa Christian Action about uh, abortion legislation, in fact, the uh, 24th anniversary. Peter, uh, perhaps an unfair question. Nobody knows with COVID-19 what lies around the next corner, but what are you guys planning for the year that lies ahead and and for the next five years, if, if I may ask?
1: Well, obviously, the COVID-19 lockdown regulations has compelled us to be far more online. So we've certainly uh, done a lot more e-books, a lot more uh, resource available on the web, internet, put a lot of uh, emphasis into getting things video, audio, PowerPoint. So our ChristianAction.org website and uh, Facebook pages, we've really been... Upgrading and expanding electronically because that's the one thing not restricted. But then we've been doing more in our own areas. What I'm disappointed about is that it's been harder for us to go around the country on country art speaking tours and uh, to run our Biblical World Seminars in other towns. Uh, that's not as easy. Although I did get to Pretoria in December for Biblical World Seminar weekend, and yeah. uh, we did have a week long Biblical World Summit here in Cape Town, and uh, we're still a pretty good turnout. Obviously, you want to do all the hygiene, social distancing, hand sanitising that you yeah. can. But we don't want our uh, obedience to the Great Commission to be compromised. The creation mandate and the Great Commission are in force, and uh, we must continue to do this. We we haven't stopped before for malaria, tick-borne fever, tuberculosis, and other things like that. I um, don't believe it's right for us to allow in government to infringe on the basic Bill of Rights, freedom of movement, freedom of religion, freedom of conscience, freedom of worship. I don't think it's right for any government to say you can't gather or you can't sing or anything like that. And I'd like to see some more backbone yeah. amongst see Many have given in to a spirit of fear, and the Bible is clear, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but yeah. a power of love and of a sound mind. Do you think
0: so, the church is not outspoken
1: enough? I do not believe our church is outspoken enough. I think it's an absolute insult, to describe the churches as non-essential. And in fact, I don't think any government has the right to call anybody's business non-essential. It's essential for that family. It's essential for the people who are the customers of that business. So, uh, And to say that churches are non-essential. While while abortion clinics stayed open, churches were closed. While casinos were open, churches were forbidden over the last month. So so obviously it's not consistent, and I'd like to see a lot more people make a stand saying, listen, we've got a Bill of Rights. Any law that's not in accordance with the Bill of Rights is not constitutional and uh, therefore is null and void, and we should not tolerate any infringements on the Bill of Rights. Freedom of conscience, freedom of religion, freedom of movement, freedom of opinion, these things are non-negotiable, and uh, they are entrenched in our Constitution, and I think we should insist that they be respected,
0: Peter, how do you foresee the future with regards to the abortion legislation in South Africa?
1: Well, we know what's the next plan. The United nations is is promoting criminalizing of conscience objectives so that a medical professional doesn't have the choice i mean isn't that interesting in the name of pro-choice they don't want the doctors to have a choice on a highly controversial issue. You can think even when we were involved in the war uh, There were conscientious objectors from conscription that at first said, I don't want to be a combatant or I don't want to serve in the army. They gave alternatives to conscientious objectors. And when it comes to abortion, why would you not respect conscientious objectors in the medical profession? And so, which was, they assured us they would. And so right now we know that there are attempts to criminalize conscientious like, for example, Dr. DeFoss, who, who recently won his case against uh, the unfair dismissal on, on his pro-life conviction. Right. Uh, so we think we've got to really mobilize the people to stand with our medical professionals and not allow them to bullied into supporting what their conscience condemns.
0: Peter, in closing, time has caught up with us. If people want to find out more about uh, what you guys do, uh, where can they get hold of you on social media platforms, your contact details via email, and your final thoughts, please, if you can just uh, round it off for us.
1: Thank you so much. In fact, we've just made our Fight for Life book available. It's a free PDF book on our website. You can go onto christianaction.org.today. That's the website. A lot of articles, links, webs, life chain, uh, 2020, March for Life 2020 videos that you can see, and so on. And if you go onto the Africa Christian Action Facebook page, you'll see pictures of the stands and outreaches and distribution and some of the responses that we got from people. So visit Africa Christian Action on Facebook. Uh, or uh, visit www.christianaction.org.za website, and you can email info at christianaction.org.za. And we're so grateful for those who have made a stand and for people who are praying. We can all do something. And uh, uh, anyone who's keen and interested, please contact us. We'll get you more resources, and together we can make a difference. And I think that's just so important. Every community needs a Christian Action Group.
0: With that, a big thank you to uh, Dr. Peter Hammond from Africa Christian Action, speaking to us here at Bruntpunt about uh, the 24th anniversary of the abortion legislation in South Africa that took place on the 1st of February down in Cape Town. And uh, Peter, thank you so much for speaking to us and sharing your heart. Thank you so much. God bless. Please note that the uh, opinion stated by the respondents in this interview is not necessarily that of Radio Puppet or the announcer on duty, but put there for you, our listener, to make an informed decision about the topic of discussion.